0: Hey guys, it's editor Brittany here. Before we get started with this week's episode, I just wanted to hop on and give a blanket trigger warning for rape with my case this week. Um, It has a lot of that. It's just a lot of violence towards women and it's altogether pretty unpleasant. So if that's not your thing, it's completely understandable. Just look below in the show notes and then I'll have the timestamps for you to hop on over to Skylar's portion, which is a lot easier to stomach, but thanks for listening and back to the episode.
1: And welcome to Sip and Spin. My name is Skylar, and over here in a fuck Trump shirt is <laughs> Brittany.
0: Hello. This is a variety podcast where we talk about anything, everything, and nothing. What are we talking about today, Skylar? Today, our topic
1: is... True crime.
0: Woo! Woo? Question mark? Question I don't
1: mark. know. big <laughs> question mark at the end. Big question mark.
0: Because it's... I. It's a little dark. It's a dark topic. It is a dark topic. Uh, But on to happier news, what are we drinking? I don't know how that's (laughs) happening. Well, you would think it would be. Um, But we also spin for our drinks on this show, just like we spin for our topics. And today we are drinking... Something we do not like. Yes. Um, So what did you choose for your drink that you don't like?
1: I have a whiskey and Coke because I do not like whiskey. I love whiskey. At all.
0: I'm jealous of your drink. (laughs) Minus the Coke. I don't like Coke. I hear you have a story.
1: Yes. So (laughs) when I went to one of our liquor stores in our town, um, one of the girls that works there, her name is Chastity. She's a very sweet girl. We are on a first name basis now. Um, (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Because at first I felt kind of bad because I was like, are you Mackenzie? And she was like, no, but we do have a McKinsey that works here. And I was like, okay, me and McKinsey are the ones that talk about the wine. Um, <laughs> because when I walked in, I was just like, listen, I need, like, the smallest bottle of whiskey you have. Because <laughs> I'm only using it for tonight. Because it's for the podcast episode. We got a drink we don't like. And I don't like whiskey. And so she asked about the podcast. And so I told her about it. And... Um, I told her about, like, our spin wheel and, like, all of our topics and how we spin for a drink as well. And she kind of, like, asked us what topics we have. And I just started off being, like, oh, well, we have paranormal and true crime because those are the first two we got. And she was, like, I'm sold already. So then she asked for um, our Instagram and she followed us. Like, I just got the notification on my phone. What was her name? Chastity.
0: Chastity. Hi, Chastity.
1: So shout out to Chaz if, you, if you're listening to this. If You held
0: up your word.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was super fun.
0: Nice. That's I love that. That's so cute. Um, I'm not excited about my drink. My drink is a Bloody Mary, because I don't I don't really like Bloody Marys, and I'm hoping it's just because I haven't had them enough. But I don't really love tomato juice, which is essentially all Bloody Mary is. (laughs) And vodka is probably like my least favorite liquor. Oh, and I love vodka. Um, But it's also probably spicy for you. Yeah, and I don't like spicy. I do like spicy, so I hope that saves it. But I also chose one that has green olives because I hate olives. And I don't know why I also hate myself for doing that to me. Because there are many Bloody Bloody Mary recipes that don't have olives. And every time I take a drink, they're just staring at me. Well, you were being a champ. You stuck I know. it out. And I also thought blood would go good with like a true crime theme. So I was like, oh, I should do Bloody Marys. Yeah, I didn't uh, think my drink. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I wasn't going there at first. And I was like, it was just kind of came to me. Uh, should we dive into a, a sip? I guess so. Are we cheering Cheers. again? Cheers. Less violently. Sorry. <laughs> you it's hit salt. my salt rim. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We'll get better, we'll get better, I promise. Will we? No. Oh. Oh. It also has um horseradish in there, which I don't like either. Alright, you ready to switch? And- yeah. Okay.
1: It's not as bad. And now we're going to try each other's drinks because she doesn't like Coke and I don't like anything spicy and I don't like olives. Yeah. Yeah, yours is
0: fine. Yours tastes like a Nashville night when I was in college.
1: (laughs) I don't know how to explain how yours tastes.
0: Yeah, there's a lot going on. (laughs) She's not making a good face. I never make a good face. Um, Fun fact, though, I got the recipe for this particular Bloody Mary out of my Gilmore Girls cookbook.
1: Nice! <laughs> the so, salt tasted good. That was my favorite part
0: of it. <laughs> so this is apparently Emily Gilmore's Bloody Mary that she made at the tailgating. Oh. Yes.
1: Yeah, see, I got hit in the face with the celery <laughs> stick it <too>. just
0: happened. <laughs> it's not as anything. bad as I was expecting.
1: It actually wasn't
0: as bad as I was expecting.
1: The salt like, definitely I just can't, helps. I can't figure it out. That's my big thing. Yeah, there's
0: it's a lot of stuff in it. It's tomato juice, lime juice, uh, lemon horseradish, hot sauce, uh, Worcestershire, which I never know how to say, um, and then black pepper, paprika, and celery salt. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to make though. Good looking out, Emily Gilmore. What a queen. All right. Any other things to, to say? I don't
1: think so. How was your
0: day? You really want to ask that? <laughs> you know how my day was. It was the same day as yours. It was a long day at work, guys. By the way, we're co-workers, in case no one knew. Uh, welcome. Yeah, because you cut that out the last one. I long. did. Yeah, so
1: we are co-workers. And um, it was a rough day today. Yeah, it was very Murphy's Law, all day, every single
0: second. Yeah, that's why it's a big bummer that these are drinks we don't like. <laughs> Yeah. Because I could use a good drink. I feel like my dad. (laughs) Whiskey and Coke. Yeah. (laughs) Shall we get started? Yeah, let's do it. With some horrible... I, I don't know if yours is horrible. Mine's kind of horrible. Mine's pretty bad. All right. So I'm going to tell us all a fucked up story of Robert Hansen. Are you familiar? I don't think so. AKA the Butcher Baker. Definitely not. Okay, that's what I was wondering, because this guy is... It's a crazy story, but I don't think many people know about him. But in my opinion, he is up there with, like, Ted Bundy and Ed Gein and Edmund Kemper. Like, oh, wow. he This guy has a lot of bodies under him. So, yes, this is a serial killer. Um, his name is Robert Hansen. And while I... The reason I don't think he's as well known is because he works in Alaska. Mm. So that's where he uh, did all his deeds.
1: Well, then Israel Keys <laughs> was in Alaska, but then he like kept going to other places. Is that Israel Keys or is that someone else?
0: I'm not entirely sure. I know there was one who did kind of hit all over. Because I think it was like Israel Keys was from Alaska. And and it would, would have been like, something like travel, that. Travel,
1: like, and place kids places, and then go back years yeah, later. Yeah, 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 and yeah. he finally got caught because he kidnapped a like sixteen year old girl from her coffee shop, like coffee yeah, stand yeah, yeah, that yeah. she owned in alaska is that was
0: that in alaska i can't remember i
1: think it was i don't remember
0: exactly so
1: if i'm wrong
0: that's on me that's my bad it does it i know the story but i don't remember i'm not good at remembering places Hmm. this one though, i do i've always kind of liked because it is just so crazy as we're about to find out so background robert hansen was born in iowa on february 15th 1939 uh, his dad was a baker, and they didn't have the best relationship, much like most of these cases go. Um, he was a really harsh father, it's said, and that he kind of forced Robert to work really long hours at the bakery and just didn't really treat him like a loving father, mm-hmm. you know, as these things kind of go. Uh, in his youth, Robert was a very skinny, awkward, very, very shy guy. He had a stammer. Also, um, and a severe case of acne, which later on in his life left him permanently scarred. So, as you can imagine, what this does to a young guy's confidence, he was shunned and rejected by the quote-unquote attractive girls in school, um, but he was also essentially tortured and made fun of all the time by just everyone else, which no kid deserves and no kid should have to endure, sure. Um, but it led to him hating school, hating anyone at school. And it also led to him hating women, just in general.
1: As these things go.
0: Yes. Um, because what? who is nice to anyone in high school, for one? People are dicks, and it doesn't give you the right to turn into a horrible person. Uh, but this also led to him like getting revenge fantasies going in his head mm. from a young age about women. Because he viewed them as thinking they were better than him when they were all just kids, you know. Yeah. It's the the oldest story in the book. Honestly, like <laughs> this happens so often, it's ridiculous. Um, but after school in 1957, he enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserve. He was discharged after only one year, though. I don't know why. I don't really have any other information on this. You know,
1: if it was honorable or dishonorable. No,
0: I don't. The only thing I do know was that his first sexual experience apparently happened during this time, and it was with a prostitute in New York City, and it left him feeling very disappointed. That's all I know about this year of his life. So, and that's the thing we'll see. um, As far as when when we get into the victims, I don't have a lot about all of them. Um, I'll go ahead and say there are 17 known victims of this man. God. Yes, and that's just murder. He also raped, like, a zillion more. Oh, dear. So, there's going to be a lot of them, and of the 17 I know, at the end, I am going to list them all. Just as to kind of be like, hey, this is who this was. But on all of them, I just... He either refused to say anything about them, Mm -hmm. or he denied, or their bodies were never found, unfortunately. So, it's kind of just... There's a lot of cut here and there and in and out with this case. And I think part of it is because it was in Alaska and it was just very remote. Mm. And he was a private guy. Uh, So, after getting discharged, he then started working some at a local police academy. I don't know anything else about that either, but I just thought pointing that out would be uh, good to know for what happens later in life and, like, how... uh, Especially... The cops, in this case, like him, and he's good at getting them to like him, as you will see. Very
1: Ed Kinfer-y.
0: Yes! Like, this guy, it's, it's crazy that not more people don't know about him, in my opinion. Because while he's not like as charismatic as Bundy or something, he had the, the dorky guy thing going for him. Mm-hmm. So, oh, so you think do. he's unassuming? He's yes. Just gotcha. There's actual quotes about that from victims who survived um it's just ugh, it blows my mind there's also a weird twist coming up we'll see uh in 1961 so after returning back from the army and working in iowa he married his first wife i was and led to believe that she was quite a bit younger but i don't know anything else but i do know that they divorced that same year because uh that year he was arrested for burning down a school bus garage What As a sort of revenge for being an outcast in high school.
1: Oh, my God. And this,
0: I think he was 21 at this time. And he was like, you know what? I'll show them. I'm going to burn down a school bus garage. And his wife was like, we're getting divorced.
1: Yeah, good for
0: her. (laughs) Good for her. (laughs) Like, oh, my God. (laughs) Can you imagine? Uh, Also, a good thing to note that during this uh, brief jail sentence... It's said that he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder but back then that was just known as manic depression. Also uh, he had, was diagnosed with periodic schizophrenic episodes and the psychiatrist who diagnosed him is quoted to say that he also had an infantile personality that is obsessed with getting back at people he felt had wronged him. And that fact alone I don't know why this mm-hmm. guy he was arrested so many times but it never stuck and it's frustrating i'm already pissed off yes and it's just like he has that in his background like come on he wants to get back at anyone who's ever wronged him in his little bitty brain come on so for that burning down the school bus garage he was only sentenced to three years but he only ended up having to serve 20 months for arson yep (laughs) 20 months And during that jail time, the psychiatrist was like, Yeah, this guy's unhinged. And they were like, It's fine, let him go. What? It could have been over with right here. There could be no more to this case. There could be 21 plus alive girls. But here we are. Uh, Yeah, I said the first of his many lucky breaks in life, as we will see. After being released, he almost immediately got remarried to a girl he quote unquote, fell in love with at first sight at his parents' resort. So I guess while he was in jail, his parents sold the bakery cause they were just like done and then bought a resort. <laughs> I don't know. I guess they were doing really good at their bakery. And then he went there because he had nowhere else to go. And then saw this girl and was like, hey, I'm in love with you, marry me. And she said, yes, which like, I don't want to fault her, but come on Darla. So that was in 1963 when they got married in 1967 him and darla moved to anchorage alaska he was quoted as saying something along the lines of he really wanted to see what it was like up there because he was really big into hunting Mm -hmm. and he had heard a lot about alaska like wolves and stuff and he pitched it to darla and she was down she must have seen the proposal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was around in 1967. But no. I mean, maybe. <laughs> she had a premonition. She was like, oh, Ryan Reynolds. Um, and your White. Yes. Patty White. <laughs> Patty. Um, so a little background on Anchorage at this time. It was really booming because of the construction of the Trans-Alaska Oil Pipeline. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Um, Let it out. Sometimes you just got to let the Kentucky out. It'll happen. It happens when I'm mad. In this case, it's going to make me very mad a lot. So just get ready, people. Um, But uh, so a lot of people were there for work, a lot of construction workers, a lot of just blue collar people ready to get those big bucks. Um, And where there's big money like that, there's also going to be. Lots of prostitutes, pimps, con artists, and drug dealers because they know how to take advantage of that sort of boom. You're up in Alaska, you have all this extra money, there's not really much else to do. So they swoop in, and thus it's created their sto- type of a red light district, and it's called the Tinderline? Tinderlion District? I'm not sure how it's pronounced, but it's centered on Fourth Avenue, and that's really where all this dark shit went down. Um, If you mentioned to someone that you were going to 4th Avenue Avenue back in this day, they know exactly what that meant. It was like a no rules kind of place. Um, But before we get to the dark, some of the fun about this place, there were dancing clubs on 4th Avenue. And here's just some of their colorful titles. Uh, Wild Cherry, Arctic Fox, The Booby Trap, and The Great Alaskan Bush Company, which is still open that is, I'm here for all of this. I was just like, oh, this is the joy I needed in this story. Like, yes. So I guess we're going to Alaska <laughs> and going to the one that stole it. <laughs> yes, the Great Alaskan Bush Company. Um, Also, about this area, um, police stayed pretty much busy here. There was uh, one instance within a very short amount of time. There were 207, like, violences or just reasons that police had to be called at the booby trap alone wow like it was a dangerous area um and it was bad there was for example there were magazine stands on the street on fourth avenue that just had really graphic child pornography that they sold. <gasps> no yeah it it was just very dark it was very violent and it was a very horrible neck of the woods not, I don't want to go to the great yeah I, 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 anymore. I would hope that those magazine stands are no longer um there but i just just to kind of just show how bad it really was i felt the need to throw that in that made me sad yeah it's it's pretty brutal um so now back to hansen so they moved to alaska and he was thriving in this new life he left. It was a way for him to like leave behind all of his painful childhood memories, his bad relationship with his father, um, he was able to just start over, um, and he also became really well-liked by his neighbors, and they really respected him, he even took flying lessons, he purchased a plane, he's just living, man. Uh, He opened up his own bakery, much like his father, so growing up in that setting, he was really good at it, and the town really received him well for that, because there are people that were, quote, like, we needed a good bakery in this town, because they didn't have anything, Mm -hmm. and if, if anything else, he was a really good baker. Um, and like I said, we'll go back, I am going to talk a little bit about Darla, because there's not a lot of information on her on the internet. I actually learned all of this in the documentary that I watched last night about him, which is fairly new. I think it was only released last year. But So he was married to Darla, um, and they also had two kids together. They had a boy and a girl. You don't hear much else about them. Uh, Darla was really well liked in Alaska, just like her husband. She was a teacher for kids with disabilities, and she was very sweet, she was very likable, she was really patient and able to like handle them really well, which is probably why she was attracted to Hansen because he had the stutter and he was very shy and you know awkward. Mm-hmm. So she was able to really like, please like calm him down and stuff. Uh, she tried her hardest to make friends for her husband. Um, she was also very extremely religious. So she was at church every Sunday, but Robert never went. Okay, enough for her. <laughs> no, it's wow. just, I wanted to throw that in, though, because mm-hmm. it's just, she doesn't get a lot of attention. And, like, I don't blame her. I wouldn't either. But also, another quote about Darla, um, she is, falls into the category of her and their kids had no idea any of this other stuff was going on. And, like, mm-hmm. I believe them. Uh, it's hard to believe them, but you'll kind of see why. Mm-hmm. She kind of would, like, just send them away. It was weird. Like, I would think that's weird. But back then, he's like a guy who doesn't like other people. Maybe she was like, oh, it's fine. He just wants to be alone. It's fine. I, I don't fault her at all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, also, during their lives in Alaska, he, Robert, uh, gained a reputation of being an outdoorsman and a hunter, which is one of the main draws for him going there. Mm-hmm. So he hunted sheep, wolves, and he even hunted bears. And he did this with a rifle and a bow and arrow. And he actually set a lot of hunting records. He set like four or five, I think, like crazy records. And his house was just littered with trophy mounts of all of his killings, which I don't love that look, but, you know, he was proud. Yeah, not my thing, but you do you. <laughs> um, and well, no- except
1: when you murder people. Yeah, you don't maybe, maybe you.
0: don't do Robert Hanson. <laughs> 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 do you as long as it's not this, because it's about to start. I'm to start chugging? Yeah, it's... And even this, this part right here, it could have all been over. So in 1971 or possible, possibly really early 1972, he was working at the bakery and he had this female customer who I guess he really wanted to talk to and he couldn't do it, you know, while he was giving her her pastries. No, he had to follow her home, creeped on her and then eventually asked, knocked on her door and asked her out on a date. She was like, "No, thank Not you." Fair. And he was like, "Okay." And he left, seemingly fine. Right? He comes back a week later with a gun. Oh no! And an attempt to kidnap her. But luckily, she was able to get away. She screamed. She had neighbors. They came out. He was arrested. He got out on a bail instantly. He just paid his way out. He was like, "It's a misunderstanding," and. Mind you, this bakery's been around for a while now. He's really well-liked. Cops eat at bakeries. Cops like this guy. They were like, oh, Roar, what are you doing? He's like, oh, it's a misunderstanding, guys. I just wanted to talk to her. It went too far. And he got away with it. <laughs> that makes me so fucking mad. Yeah. It's, uh, God. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> Soon after this, he was questioned for the kidnapping and rape of a prostitute named Robin Patterson. He told her he couldn't let her go because he thought she would tell. But this bad bitch talked her way out of it, convinced him to let her go. He was like, no, no, you can trust me. It's fine, really. He went into her purse, found written down names of her mother, her father, and her son, I think, with their phone numbers. And he wrote them down. He said, if you tell them, I will murder these people. Oh,
1: my God.
0: Um... He just, it was whatever. And then when he dropped her off, and after he was like, she convinced him to take him back to town, he told her, quote, I wish we had met under different circumstances at a different time. What the fuck? <laughs> this guy is insane. He deserved not have to be punched in the face. Oh my God. Anyway, she did tell the cops. She told them and she named him by name, described him, everything. And he was brought in for questioning. Um, But he was able to walk away scot-free because the cops didn't feel they had enough to get a warrant to do anything else. Um, And this is the whole case of this guy in general is it's uh, him being a well-liked guy versus the word of prostitutes and sex workers. That is the whole fault of this whole story. Because after getting away with that one but then getting like a little bit arrested for the nice quote unquote nice girl housewife who do you think is going to target from now on the sex workers because that worked out for him um and then just got into his head he was like oh people don't care if it's sex workers So it's fine. And after this, he was arrested on the assault of an exotic dancer, but he only served less than six months on a reduced charge. I don't know a lot about that because there really isn't a lot because nothing fucking happened. Um, Four years later, he was picked up again for shoplifting a chainsaw, fun fact. But he was sentenced to five years and the verdict ended being overturned because the court thought it was too harsh. This guy just keeps getting out of jail. it's like how do they not see the attempted kidnapping the kidnapping and rape the other kidnapping the theft the arson and oh yeah he has this mental disorder and they're like it's too harsh let the guy go he's having a rough time it just it actually baffles me <laughs> this I mean, case is like, so frustrating I, i'm pissed off right now i'm so mad yeah, but this is just the beginning, Skylar. Because now murder happens. Well... Are you shocked? Because you shouldn't be. No, well, because we just
1: glanced, off, glanced over all of their red flags that have been happening, but... The know, reddest... It's
0: fine. The reddest of red flags with this motherfucker. Okay. I hate this. It's... there is so bad in this case. It's so bad. Um, so... It said that he never intended to kill anyone, in his words. He just wanted to rape them. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, in his words. Uh, yeah, and but like clearly he told a Robin, I can't let you go, and the only reason he did is because she talked her way out of it. It's like, what were you going to do with her then? <laughs> but whatever. He would do pretty much the same thing um, for all of his victims. He would, uh, let me see. Well, I lost my spot. So the way that his mind worked with these women um, is pretty fucked up. Because in his mind, he needed these women to come to him first, and if they came up to him and offered him like sex or what have you for money, that's when the flit- the switch turned, and they were no longer nice, innocent, real girls. They became whores. They became under him, basically. Because what the fuck the way he grew up women were always above him and they looked down on him and so normal nice girls like the housewife he can't be too mad at when they turn him down but if a prostitute came up to him and was like hey i'll give you a blowjob for 200 dollars," he'd be like okay but he's mine is like but i own you now and you're below me and i can have to save you because i'm god in my own brain and you're not real human this is literally his mindset, and in the documentary you can hear it from his words. These feelings, he <laughs> flat out says shit. He says the creepiest shit. The documentary is really good. It I'll say what it is later, but it's just it has the actual audio files of his um, confession. It's mind-boggling, mind-boggling and chilling how salaby this guy is. He's like, oh yeah, when they'd ask me, come up to me and ask me, I'd be like, oh, okay, now this is a girl that's below me. She needs nothing. <laughs> yeah, so he just saw himself as God, basically, who could determine who lived and who died. Uh, he would meet these women in the 4th District that we talked about before, uh, and for $200, $300, they would willingly go with him, thinking they had nothing to fear because he had this, quote, dorky, nice guy look. He was very unassuming. And, um, these were actual quotes from surviving rape, rape victims who would just be like, yeah, we just thought he was the quintessential dorky guy. Like he was fine. He was harmless. Uh, when he would get them into his car though, that's when his personality would take a complete 180 and the killer would come out. So he would rape them. And then most of the rapes were of course never reported because why would they? It clearly doesn't matter. Um, it is estimated that there were at least 30 rape victims who lived but most likely more. But he would only let them go if he was fairly certain that they wouldn't report him. So if he felt like they genuinely would never do anything, he'd be like, okay, yeah, you can go. But if one girl was a little sassier or he thought she has reason like, to talk, he'd be like, no, nah, you gotta die. He's disgusting. Do you want to know how he killed a lot of them? No, but I know you're going to After raping them and torturing them in his basement, he would fly them out naked and tied up in his plane to the Alaskan wilderness, set them free, and hunt them like animals. Sometimes for days. Oh my god. Yeah, he basically the most dangerous game them, or whatever that book is called. Yeah, I think it's called the most dangerous game. Yeah, and that's why it's mind-boggling that this case isn't more well-known to me because this is literally how he killed half of these women oh my
1: god
0: yeah it's very disgusting it's (laughs) he's an actual
1: monster (laughs) i'm so stressed out right now
0: yeah and that's why we don't have a lot of these bodies because they were in the alaska wilderness a lot of them were only in places that you could only get to literally by a boat or plane, and he had a plane. <sighs> but yeah, it's it's horrifying to think that someone could even think of doing that. Oh, another thing about anyone that ever did report him or when he started getting questioned by for like when bodies started turning up, um, of course the cops never really wanted to believe it because he was well known. The bakery was a lovely bakery. He was a nice guy. Uh, people would just vouch for him, and people would even go as far as to give this guy fucking fake alibis, just out Are you of fucking, kidding just out me? of the blue. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, we were together," but you, you were literally lying. And, like, don't do this. Don't give people fake alibis because there's a reason. Obviously, and oh, it's just, this hurts my head. It's so frustrating. And this uh, fun fact: this well-respected bakery that everyone loves. Um, It's a bakery that he opened up using a $13,000 insurance settlement from a faked burglary of his house that he himself committed insurance fraud for. So he committed insurance fraud, claiming like all these like mounts of his animals or whatever were stolen. He got paid $13,000 for that, opened up a bakery, and then he was like, oh, my bad, they're all in my backyard. He didn't go to jail for insurance fraud. Oh nothing happened what happens. the fuck he can literally do any crime and they were just like oh, it's just Robert that's just Robert give us a donut it's that's so frustrating um so as all the rape victims all of his victims started out the same some of them were just rape victims though but the ones that went farther than that they did start out the same he would meet them at a club offer them money, get them in his car, he would change, he would have a gun, he would take them somewhere, he would rape them, torture, beat them, and then usually he would get them on his plane and hunt them. But Some of them did go a little differently, and we'll talk about some of those. So the first victim he himself ever admitted to murdering, although some believe that there were definitely others before this, and I do as well, because you can't just do this out of nowhere, um, was in the summer of 1979. Unfortunately, though, to this day, she is still unidentified, but she's na- known um, to most uh, people there as a Klutna Annie, if she was found on a Klutna road. Uh, he admitted to driving her to a Clutna Lake. Um, when he was there, his truck got stuck in the snow. He told her that he was going to fix it and take her home. But she was already not believing this because he's uh, if he was doing everything as his plan, he's probably had already raped and beat her a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um so she of course did not believe this weirdo creep um and so she got out of the car and tried to run away he chased her grabbed her by her hair um she was lucky enough to grab a knife out of her purse and did her very best to fight him off but he got the knife from her knocked her down and then stabbed her to death many times in the chest and throat So that's the first one he uh, admits to murdering. Uh, He tried the same tactic again, but this time with his camper. Uh, Luckily enough, this woman got away. Um, She reported him by name, 100% knew it was Robert Hansen, described him to a T, uh, but the police didn't believe her. She had his name, description, could describe his car, his camper, the things he said and did, and they're like, you're lying. I wish you guys could see my face right now. (laughs) I am... So angry, and it's she's not the first either, and she's not the last. So many people name him by name, describe his house, his car, his plane to a T, and they don't believe him because they think it's just prostitutes trying to blackmail him. This is literally what they think.
1: Fuck everyone in this story except for the victim. So, (sighs) and Darla, I guess, because she didn't. I
0: just poor fucking Darla. Oh, also, this lady that they don't believe. Um, she showed up at a different house naked and tied up with guitar strings. When she escaped from him, she's still lying. Guitar strings. Do you know how much that would hurt? Yes. As someone, okay,
1: I played guitar since I was thirteen years old. I have had guitar strap or guitar strings snap and like slice my hand open just from it snapping
0: they are tough
1: like guitar strings are especially if you get like the high e like Mm -hmm. that could cut you just about as badly as like fishing pole if not worse
0: like i can't imagine this naked woman (laughs) who's probably terrified for her life tied up screaming coming to my house calling the police for her and then the police will believe her I I'll, I'll never understand and I could go on about it for forever
1: I have so many thoughts about like how
0: much I hate the
1: police in this story <laughs> that I can't even put it into words because I'm so angry that I just can't even
0: yeah form like a thought yeah yeah the police get worse don't worry uh 6 months later his second murder victim uh, Roxanne is found she was only found years later though, after he himself was arrested and he personally led the police there. So there's not a lot known, um, but that is a thing I'll talk about more after he's arrested. He, yeah, you'll see he's a nut job. So I don't, unfortunately I don't have enough about her because he didn't really give us much. Uh, the third murder victim, Johanna Messina, um, they met on the docks. They went to dinner. He asked her out, they went to dinner. She kind of told him that she wasn't wanting to date him. She was just looking for money and kind of giving hints that she was a sex worker. And how do we know he feels about that? As soon as she did that, he wasn't going to kill her. But when he, she brought up money and payment for stuff, that's when he decided she needs to die because she's a problem. Three months later, like he's doing these fast also. It's like, within year, a, a year period. Like, it's crazy. Um, his that, that's not a long, cool no. off period. That's, oh my god. His next vist- victim was named Lisa Futrell. I also don't know a lot about her. Uh, then a year passes for his next murder victim. Of course, there are definitely probably rapes in between these. <coughs> so, we get into this one. It's of 23-year-old Sherry Morrow was offered $300 for a nude photo shoot with Hanson. He drove her to an abandoned cabin, and like always, his truck got stuck in the While working on it, she runs out of the car because, again, stuff hasn't been going well because um, she is also blindfolded and already tied up and naked in his car, but she still got out and ran, and... While she's doing this, he himself claims, uh, after he was arrested and telling everyone about all this horrible stuff, he claims that while she was just running around, naked, screaming, he just kind of stood there and watched her. Just, like, with sick enjoyment with his rifle in his hand. Just, like, a hunter.
1: What the fuck? Just
0: watched her. And then finally, God. when he had bored of it, we got bored of whatever, he shot her three times in the back and oh. killed her. Uh, he stole a necklace from her. These portals. Because he is, of course, a serial killer. Serial killers love their trophies. And he also has
1: all the trophies in his house from the animals he killed. Of yes. course he's going to be obsessed with trophy. He is big on
0: trophies. Which, gross, but... This is also what leads to him getting caught. So, Miley, thankfully, so. Well, that's the only. Serial killers, you keep keeping your trophies because. these don't get your Deserve to go down. Um, it wasn't until 1982, her body had been found by hunters in a shallow grave along the river. She had been, been reported missing the year before that, though. So, it was a full year before she was found. Um, weirdly, though, she was found fully clothed. But her clothing didn't have any holes, which is why it's believed that she was naked and he was basically just hunting her. But for some reason, he put her clothes back on her and there were no bullet holes. And that happens with a lot of them. And a lot of people think those are the ones he did hunt, like animals, because they were naked.
1: And I wonder why he did that. Because most of the time, like, the serial killer, like... He did the opposite. Would redress them. It was because they felt some sort of
0: remorse after but he
1: clearly didn't because he didn't even think that they were people no so I don't why? think he feels
0: anything at all I, I genuinely don't know I, I, I don't know I can't even fathom to know <laughs> why he did that unless it's something like I know you dress animals when you kill them but that's like skinning them so maybe he thought dressing them was another, his way for hunting I don't know Maybe? That's literally the only connection I could make. Yeah, I don't know. That would be the
1: only thing, because the psychology behind that, for the way he views them and then
0: what he did is opposite than what you would think. I don't know. It's mind-boggling. A year later, in 1983, is kind of when he first started to finally be perceived as maybe being dangerous. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Mind you, this is 1983. All this shit started in 1971, so it's been like 12 years this guy was just hunting women in the Alaskan wilderness making pastries. So um, it's believed that in the summer of this year, or possibly all of the years, this is very vague, um, but that he would send his family to Europe for a vacation. And that's why maybe she wasn't aware because he would take these people to his home Mm -hmm. and tie them up in his basement. So it's believed that he maybe just sent them on vacations. Just her and the two kids. Mm -hmm. So, Um, but during the summer of I think it was 1983, he met Karen O'Leary. Karen O'Leary via a personal ad in the paper. Um, And he wanted to date her. He said he wanted to see if he could make a connection to someone. You know, not his wife, but just a person in the paper. And so they met, and he went on a date. Brought him back to his house. They fooled around some on the basement couch. And when he kind of, like, hinted at maybe going for more for sex, she said no. Um, But it wasn't a problem for him. And that was that. And he says she was a nice girl, and she just said no, and that's fine. Um, and she's still alive today. But it's because she wasn't at it for money. Like, that's literally how his mind works. If she had been like, yeah, for $200, mm-hmm. he would have killed her. Like, Yeah, uh, uh, uh. she is still alive today, and she was interviewed in the documentary. It's crazy the way that she describes him. Um, so, on June 13th, 1983, Robert attempted to load up 17-year-old Cindy Paulson into his plane to take her into the wilderness. This bitch escaped. 17 years old. She escaped. her. She went to the police. Um, this is what she told him, that he offered her $200 for oral sex, and when she got into his car, though, he pulled a gun on her and took her to his house. Once he was at home, he holds her captive. He tortures her, rapes her, beats her. He wrapped a chain around her neck four times and tied her to a pole oh, in his basement. God. Um, and th- in this basement, uh, mind you, that is full of just dead animals everywhere, just staring at this poor little 17-year-old. Um, while she's tied up by her neck during this time, he takes a nap upstairs on his couch. He just takes a nap. It's uh, hard work torturing and beating and raping a 17-year-old, you know. So after his little little nap, he gets up, puts her in the car, takes her to the airport, and says he's going to take her to his cabin, um, which is only accessible by boat or plane. He tells her he's not going to kill her, that they're just going to spend the weekend together, you know. Um, But she's not an idiot, so while he's loading up the plane, he had his back to the car. Um, She was handcuffed in the back seat, um, so she crawled up, opened the driver's side door, and then just ran like hell through this airport. Um, this girl smartly left her shoes in the back of the car, though, as evidence to, like, she put the fourth of me be like, I need to leave my shoes or something of mine in here. Um, so she, yeah, she ran. He panicked, he chased her, um, but she was able to flag down a truck before he could get her. And it's said that while he was chasing her, a security guard at the airport actually saw him running. And so as soon as, like, he realized someone saw him, he just, like, dead stopped and then just, like, turned around and walked back to his plane. Because he he didn't want people to know, like, this was who he was. He had this, like, facade as being a calm, quiet guy. Um, The security guard, though, did not see Cindy, unfortunately. He only saw him running, which would be strange in and of itself. Uh, the truck driver that picked Cindy up took her to a nearby inn uh, and then he didn't really know what else to do with her but he left um, and he did call the police though to let them know like hey I just picked up this girl, she was naked, it was crazy, she was handcuffed, this, she wasn't really making any sense. Um, at the end she called her pimp slash boyfriend who was at another motel and she took a cab there. Uh, the police eventually catch up to her. She's still handcuffed but she's alone which is weird because she thinks she's going to her pimp or a boyfriend. But it's because she was alone because um, when she told her boyfriend slash pimp what had happened to her, he went looking for Robert to kill this man. And it's like, get you a pimp like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like like if you're going to have a pimp, because most pimps don't treat don't their care. sex workers nicely. Yeah, But, but, this one was if, her but boyfriend. if you're going to have like a, a pimp who's going to kill somebody
0: for you, I mean... Yeah, like, he was pissed, and he was awful looking for Robert Hansen, and, like, good on you. Good on both
1: Cindy yes. for braving oh yes. and getting through that, and then
0: good on the boyfriend for wanting to fuck Robert shit up. Yeah, just, like, same. Um, so the police took her in. Um, she told him this whole story in the documentary, you can actually hear some of Cindy's taped audio, and it's very sad, because oh, she's no. just this little girl, and she's so shaken up, and they, she did have one quote, um, and she says, like, that man, what he did to me, he had to kill me. I just, like, knew it in my mind. He couldn't let me go because of what he did to her, and, like, that was all she was thinking, and it was just so sad to hear her say those words. I was like, oh, oh I Cindy! Cry. Um... She tells them that it was Robert Hansen, specifically. Um, he, She was able to describe his basement perfectly. He was, um, She was able to describe his face, his plane, his car, his home, everything. But Hansen claimed that she was just trying to start up trouble for him because she was trying to extort him or some shit. What Again, mm. it's sex worker versus respected mm. baker. And while they did search his home, Uh, he did obviously clean up the basement some, you know, but everything else was to a T the way she described it. Like it was perfect. But the police asked her to take a polygraph, not him. They're like, Cindy, why don't you take a polygraph?
1: Rightfully traumatized minor
0: who Mm. Mm. rightfully pissed. She said no. And the investigation was closed. Don't you? I'm you glad I picked this case. I hate everything about this. I hate everything about this. I hate everything
1: about this.
0: <clears throat> All right. Um, while a lot of the bodies started coming up, there was one police officer in a part of the Anchorage PD at the time who kind of spoke up about it. Her name was Maxine Farrell, and she was one of the only two women in the department at that time. She was started working these cases, and she flat out said to like her other officers and her boss or whatever, "This is a serial killer." They do not believe her. They're like, "Oh, why aren't you home making sandwiches?" Like literally, Fucking she got that Patriarchy. Stuff. Like no one wanted to believe her, but she knew, and she's in the documentary, and she's a bad bitch. But it's it was so frustrating. So she would do all this work, gathered all this research, and then she and then whatever she was doing all this work. Um, Another part, this new detective, Glenn Floth, became involved after all this other stuff. After the Cindy stuff specifically, I think, is when he came in. Uh, His team was involved with some of the bodies as well. Um, One of the bodies, Paula Golding, was found in an area that was only accessible by boat or plane, which is a big deal because... He, had a plane. he has a plane and that was his one of his M.O.'s mm-hmm. um, and the other evidence matched like all these other bodies that were found in other places and so Maxine kind of gave all of her findings and her thoughts to Glenn because for some reason and I'm not sure why she was forbidden from working as a part of his investigation team to a possible serial killer but she was one of the first people to be like hey this is a serial killer I don't know why but she was just forbidden from working on this team which sucks.
1: And, and see, and part of me wonders if it's because, you know, fucking patriarchy, she was a yes. woman. But then another part of me wonders if she was, since she had been studying it so closely, if she was kind of too close to it. It could very well be. But more than likely, based on the way the police are acting during yeah. that case, it's probably just fucking paid. She was a woman. Yeah. She d- can't do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, more than likely that. Um, and to her credit, she did all the work, but she so wanted to help so much. She gave literally everything she had to Glenn for him to use, which was is hard to do, I imagine, to give up this thing. He worked so hard. Yeah. Um, so he then, with all that, he connected a lot of the missing sex workers to all of these bodies. He had a list of 10 names. Um, they were all 20-something-year-old prostitutes who had gone missing. Um, And then another guy, Craig Baker, kind of joined the team with him after hearing, and they were both horrified. They started thinking about, oh, well, this guy kind of looks good, Robert Hansen. And then Mm -hmm. they used all of Maxine's findings and all this. Um, But they soon realized, after the past and how everything else had gone, that they needed to get creative with a way to get a search warrant. Because clearly nothing else. He was slipping through all the cracks. Yeah, because
1: they weren't going to just... Granted, because oh, he could never do anything like
0: that. Yeah. So they went to an FBI agent, and they wanted to get a psychological profile on who they thought could be doing all these murders. And this is the
1: behavioral.
0: And this is the profile, and this was done by Roy Hazelwood. And just tell me who this sounds like. An experienced hunter. He probably has low self-esteem. A history of rejection by women someone who's compelled to keep souvenirs um and this someone might stutter literally in his psychological profile for this killer it was might stutter that's so crazy
1: they nailed him to a tea. doesn't sound like anyone else except
0: for robert anson um but so let me guess
1: they didn't do the police didn't do anything with that
0: This profiling along with the other things that were being looked into such as specific tire tracks at locations, bullet casings, etc led them to be able to get a search warrant for Hanson's home, car, and plane. Really? Yes. Yes!
1: Finally! (laughs) Oh, thank God! I really thought you were going to take me with another, but nothing happened.
0: (laughs) No, no, no. Thanks. This is the turning point. Okay, good, good. Um, On October 27th, 1983, they went to his house, and they searched and searched, and they luckily found hidden up in a secret spot in the attic souvenirs from the missing women and many firearms they're like we got this motherfucker um also they found behind his headboard an aviation map with x marks uh, on it this map marked the body of every single victim there were 21 x's because he was so methodical and like needed to like a hunter yeah he marked with little bitty X's everywhere there was a body. Oh, it was behind the headboard. Oh, Darla had to sleep there. Yes. I thought that same thought. Oh. While this case is horrible, um, this case did set the legal precedent for profiling to be used to get search warrants. That's awesome. Which is amazing because I think profiles are so interesting.
1: Yeah, and they really do. like. Mm. Yeah. yeah they nail
0: it. <laughs> Um, he was uh, so he was arrested and charged. Um, so he was a charged with he was charged with assault, kidnapping, theft, weapon offenses, um, and they also even finally got him on that uh, insurance fraud that led to him opening his bakery. So he got he did get hit with everything. But did of course, you
1: say murder in that five
0: list? Because he killed people. Um, you'll see. Ugh. He denied all evidence, of course. Um, and then, uh, this part I've only heard on the documentary, so I'm gonna quote this real quick. So uh, originally when he was arrested, he denied, denied, denied. And then he asked to talk to his preacher, who his wife was really close to. He asked to see the preacher and he yeah, asked to- Did he not go to church at all? Like only He did no, but this is what he wanted to know. He wanted to ask the preacher, what sins does God forgive? And the preacher said, "All but blasphemy." Robert Hansen said, "Thank you. That's all." Called the guard to leave, and then confessed yeah. two days later to all of the murders, which is confusing to me because he thought he was God, basically. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand this man. But the, the preacher he's interviewed in the um, documentary, and he says that that was. The thing that the only thing he asked him, and the only thing he said, and it was really strange. But uh, he eventually confessed. Uh, but he still blamed the women, of course. Oh, because like course. it was there; they were the problem. They brought this on themselves.
1: When are people going to treat sex workers like real people? Because they are people too. And so it pisses me off. Because like most every single serial killer story is them killing sex workers because they don't think that.
0: They and the police do anything
1: and the police don't do anything because they're sex workers, they're liars, they're just doing they sell their bodies for money. How
0: honorable can they be? Like shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's so frustrating. Mm. Um, so they then did a twelve hour interview with Hansen where he gradually confessed and gave detail to this hidden life of his. And in the documentary of him, you can hear the actual little snippets of his actual audio confession. It was chilling.
1: See, and I. Like, those kind of things are interesting to me, but I hate them. Like, when I tried to watch Conf- Confessions of a. See, it, it, Confessions of a something, but it was Ted Bundy. and I to
0: say of a teenage dog?
1: No. <laughs> 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 it's not a movie.
0: I have no idea. I I don't
1: think I've ever heard of that. I thought it was like a Lindsay Lohan movie. Uh, The only thing I've seen with Lindsay Lohan is. I'm much older than you. (laughs) It's Mean Girls and Freaky Friday. I guess it's like. Oh, and Parent Trap. Well, older than that, but younger than the others. (laughs) Uh, but no, like this because th- I tried to watch. I think it's called Confessions of a Killer or Confessions of a Serial Killer, and it's mm. like all the Ted Bundy tapes, mm. which kind of because I watch those. Yeah, I'm an idiot, and I even asked my dad because like my last name is Bundy, and so when I was younger, everyone would always ask me like, "Oh, are you related to Ted Bundy? Are you related to Ted Bundy?" And I was like eight years old. I was in elementary school, and I was like, "I don't fucking know who that is." So I would go because my dad. He didn't talk to his family after he joined the air force. He just cut all contact with his family because he didn't grow up with like a great family. But um, not to get like super personal about like my life, but whatever.
0: Um. <laughs> it's a podcast. It's your podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um and so we, I didn't know my dad's side of the family, so I had no idea, and I was like. So I asked my dad, I'm like, who's Ted Bundy? Like, are we related to him? And my dad was like, Ted Bundy was a serial killer. No, we're not related to him. Like, we are, like, the last name Bundy, we are seminal Native Americans. Like, that's where the Bundy came from, because he's a seminal Native American, so then I'm half Native American. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, no, we're not related. And even though we share the same last name, he was adopted by the Bundy family. So... Um, like he, there's no relation whatsoever, and I was like, "Oh, okay," um, but I didn't really ask anything about it, and I didn't really know anything more. And then when I saw like Confessions of a Serial Killer, because I watched the Ted Bundy movie, and then like the shockingly evil. I didn't watch life, that one. Yeah. It wasn't great. It was I okay. It I was watched a the tape, tapes, though, but it wasn't that great. One. But then I saw the tapes, and I was like, oh, "Dad." How did they interview Ted Bundy? Because I thought he was executed. Was he not? (laughs) (laughs) Dad was like, Dad was like yes he was executed like a long time ago but they had interviews with him before that
0: Aww.
1: but then I kept watching it and it just it gave me the chills so bad I oh, quit watching he is a cocky cocky man like it freaked I was like I can't keep watching this like it just it. it oh, you should really
0: talking, give it another try and you should at least get to the part where he tries to be his own uh, representative in court It's well I saw that in the crazy. movie I mean, you should see the actual Ted Bundy do it, because there's video of him doing it. No, oh, it's,
1: God.
0: He, he thought he was going to get away with it. It's so... Like, you can see it in his eyes when he realized he isn't, and it's... Oh. We may have to watch it together. It's just so that way I can, like, have someone else there with me. And, like, it, okay, I can like, do that. Like, literally when I started, I was like, this is freaking me out too bad. Like, I can't do it. It's crazy. And that's kind of how, like, hearing this guy on this tape is. It's... Uh, God. Yeah, that's how we got to that topic, because like, <laughs> I don't think I can watch the documentary because it has tapes like that. Like, I, those things freak me out. It was really good, um, And then he kind of admitted to his earliest victims were between the ages of 16 and 19, um, and they were not sex workers, actually. He murdered um, around 20 women and raped around 30. Both of these numbers are thought to be more, but those are what he gave them. Um, He would. He kind of explained. He would take these women to his home, his basement, bind them, tie them up, much like he did Cindy. He would assault, torture, beat. Often they would become too weak to fight back. He would um, then put them onto his plane, take them into the Alaskan wilderness, and then hunt them down like animals for sport. Sometimes for days at a time. In all cases except maybe one, they were shot. I think one of them was stabbed to death in this the scenario. Said him, the chest and the throat earlier. I don't know if that's including her. It could have been one of these ones that he actually, like, made weak and then wanted to hunt. Mm. Not entirely sure. Um, How he had a fun nickname for these murders in his own mind. He thought of them as a summertime project. That is an actual quote. Um, What the fuck? Another quote that I actually heard from his mouth on the uh, documentary was he said oh one of them was he would just try to act as tough as possible to scare them ew when talking about being with around the people but the one that really got me was he kept um he would he was talking to the cops and he would be like you know fellas i gotta say as much as they were scared or as scared as they were i gotta be honest guys i was more scared and I about lost my shit at that. Excuse <laughs> you? What? <laughs> oh my god. And he said what it so fuck? he said it so calm, no irony, nothing. Like he genuinely mm. believed that he was like a god and these people were ants. I, I just I, I was more scared. Fuck you, Robert Hansen. Uh anyways pass for him. So the interview happened. Um He entered a plea bargain. Oh, what fucking course he did. (laughs) Of course he did. Uh, Because of... uh, So, he... Plea
1: bargains should not be offered to serial killers who have killed, like, a whole bunch of people and especially these horrific and violent...
0: Yeah.
1: Stop offering plea bargains (sighs) to murderers!
0: He pleaded guilty to the four murders. Four murders that they had actual evidence for. In return, he wanted to stay in a federal prison, and he wanted the media around his case to be minimal so as to not to harm his family. What a gentleman. Darla probably doesn't give a fuck about you anymore. I just, four is all that he pleaded guilty to. Oh
1: my god, I'm so upset.
0: So about that um, aviation map, he had to explain each X on the map, and he actually took them to every single place. And they said that while he was, like, taking them... Did they let him walk around? Yeah. He was, like, a bunch, like, heavily guarded and, like, handcuffed or whatever. But they still had a hard time keeping up with him because he'd be so excited and he would know exactly, without even looking at the map, where they were because it was just his hunter's instinct. That's
1: disgusting. And they
0: said it was wild just watching him be like, and over here, and then over here. Like, he would just detail it out for them. And they were just like, what the fuck? yeah i would be like what the? that's fuck? like Dad, finally like,
1: welcome welcome yeah pops. welcome to what i've been saying <laughs> since the fucking beginning literally most of what i said in your case is what the fuck
0: yeah so he was able to take them to 17 of the exes 12 of the bodies were completely unknown to police of them um there were some marks on the map though that he refused to take them to and he refused to talk about so those are some of the ones we don't know anything more of Wonder why. I, I know, like, he, for everything else that he said, it makes you wonder what else yeah, he like could have possibly what? done, like, how much farther it went, and it's just, like, the, uh, just the thought of, like, why he wouldn't show those four, Yeah, it it's like, just, I uh-huh. can't even, um, police think that some of these belong to victims that Hanson denies to have any involvement with when asked, so they think those might be those girls, um... He is quoted as saying that in the vastness of the Alaskan wilderness, there were never any witnesses to the murders. No one around to hear their screams. Yeah. Um, if you didn't hate him enough, he told police that in 1980, he shot the dog of a woman he had murdered so that the dog wouldn't lead anyone to her grave. Oh. Yeah. So also he kills dogs. Um... Alaska does not have a death penalty, actually. So after his guilty plea bargain, he was sentenced to 461 years without the possibility of parole, which good, but still doesn't seem like enough in some way. Uh, But he did die in 2014 after 30 years in jail at the age of 75 to natural causes. His wife and children tried to stay in Alaska, but the kids were harassed so much in school um, that they just couldn't stay so so and they had to move to the lower 48 yeah so for them they didn't deserve that and that is the case of robert hansen that should piss me off so bad and i do i just kind of want to go i want to read through this list really quick of all of the victims um and their ages and just kind of what happened So, Megan Emmerich was 17, he denied her, but she's suspected to be one of the exes that he wouldn't lead them to. Um, Mary Thill, 22, is the same thing. Um, There was someone named Horseshoe Harriet, who was between the ages of 19 and 20, but we don't know anything else about her. Eklatna Annie, she was either 16 to 25 years old, and she was stabbed, and she was the one found by the lake. Roxanne Eastland was 24, he confessed to killing her, but her body was never found. Joanna Messina was 24, and she was found in a gravel pit. Lisa Futrell was 41, found south of the Odinic Bridge. Sherry Morrow was 23, and she was found in clothing with no bullet holes. Andrea Altieri was 22, he confessed to killing her, but her body was never found. Saluna was 23, stripped nude, and hunted like an animal for sure. Delina Sugar Frey was 20. Her body was found by a pilot testing new tires on the river. Paula Golding was 17 and found redressed much like Sherry was. Uh, Malia Larson was 28. We don't know anything. Teresa Watson, we don't know age or anything else. Angela Fetterin was 24 and she was found at Figure 8 Lake. And Tamara Peterson was 20 and she was found 1.5 miles from Odekanik Bridge. And Celia Van Zanten was 17. He denied this, but she is suspected of being another ex on the map. Of these, he was only formally charged with the murders of Sherry Morrow, Joanna Joanna Messina, Eklatna Annie, and Paula Golding. And he was also charged with the kidnapping and rape of Cindy Paulson. But there's also probably many, many more names. Here's a picture of him. And like, he would be a hipster today. Yeah. Like, he's fine. Why did he hate women so much? It makes no fucking sense. And there's some of the victims. And then that's his basement. Ugh. Where they would be tied up and tortured and raped. Oh my god. A lot of times on the bearskin rug. Oh my god. And that's him. <sighs> that's my case. <laughs> I told you it was a that little was rough. was rough. I just, I felt like it needed to be told. Yeah, because I've definitely never heard of that. Uh, because so. I think that's true for a lot of people, but it's just, it's a wild one. Yeah, I'm glad I didn't
1: pick the case I was going to do originally, <laughs> because this would have been, like, the worst episode ever. <laughs> you look so
0: sad. I
1: know, that made me upset. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was a rough one.
1: I know I said mine was, l- uh, was pretty bad, but God, it wasn't that bad. No one actually died in my case.
0: Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's something we can, like, cheer the people up with. <sighs> I, mean, I mean, that's why I
1: texted you. I wanted to give you a little warning. Yeah, but nothing you could have texted me could have prepared me
0: for all of that. <laughs> oh, crap. I wanted to say what the documentary was called. And just as I said, I got a lot of this information from the documentary. It's called The Butcher Baker Mind of a Monster. I bought it for two ninety nine on Amazon Prime. And it was a lot of information because it's kind of hard to find a lot of, um, cohesive information about this case on the internet. But, um, it is a really good documentary and you hear a lot of interviews and tapes, which is cool. There's also a movie based on this case and it's called Frozen Ground. It stars Nicolas Cage, John Cusack, Vanessa Hutchins, and 50 Cent, actually.
1: is it Nic- Oh, No. <laughs>
0: What? Nothing. What were you going to say?
1: Absolutely nothing.
0: <laughs> I want to know. No. Um, and it's a, it's a decent movie. It's fine. But it, about halfway through, it just completely changes the story. And you're like, well, okay, that's now what happened. So if you are interested or like the case, it might be worth checking out for entertainment pur- purposes. But um it will sprinkle in real details, then move to bullshit, and it just keeps like repeating that tactic. Um, but I will say, to the credit of the movie, at the very end, it does show each victim's photo and name, which I thought was nice and good. So I will give it that. And it was actually, uh, I think, produced by 50 Cent. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I'm oh, sweaty telling my case. <sighs> I'm sweaty listening to your voice. <laughs> So how'd it end up being the drink after you finished? No,
1: it's
0: okay. <laughs> it could be better. I mean, I have extra Bloody Mary stuff if you want one of these. So I made a whole pitcher. Cause Richard was like, oh yeah, I'll well, have some. He had one and I was like, oh, let me refill it. And he's like, no, I just want the one. So I still have like half a pitcher of Bloody Mary. <laughs> I'm like what am I supposed to do? Guess I'm drinking it.
1: Is it better than you thought?
0: Yeah, it actually is. Um, I've only tried to make them a couple of times, and I think it was the recipes. Like, I think this Gilmore Girl recipe is not bad. I just needed the Gilmore touch. Oh, it's got a bite, which is kind of why I like it. (laughs) That was bad. That was bad. (laughs) It was, that was bad. It was real bad. Guys, I'm sorry my kiss again was so fucking long. (laughs) Next week, whatever we land on, I'm gonna pick the shortest story of all time, I promise. (laughs) No, don't do that. I like hearing you talk. I'm stumbling over my words. (laughs) I don't think I did as bad as last week.
1: No, I think we've
0: both done pretty well. Um, I
1: just haven't talked
0: as much except for saying what the fuck. Well, that's, I mean, that's a valid response to my story, so I'll give it to you.
1: Do you want a little cheer-up from your episode before you get into, or from your case before you get into mine?
0: Oh, yes, I would. i love a little cheer-up. Okay. So. First.
1: Oh. <laughs> first. Ha! Oh, we God. We have a clapboard now. And I regret it already. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is gonna be a problem. <laughs> I'm so excited about the clapboard. You have to get like one of those gel sharpies and write. Sipping Yeah,
1: and then like Skyler and Brittany. Camera, whatever this microphone is. <laughs> it's a sure, sure,
0: <laughs> and Celeste.
1: She's co-director for sure. She thanks. Like, what is it? A twist eye yeah, she was going ham on that earlier. Oh, and I, I was
0: like, really? You're gonna do this now?
1: I know, we were both looking at her while we were both trying to do the <laughs>
0: intro for the podcast. Oh, my cat. She chose violence, man. She did. Okay, and then part two. Ah! I was gonna buy these.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, thank you. But I needed to get my total over ten dollars. Oh, so, like, so you I, stole my item. <laughs> well, I was going. I'm obviously going to give it to you. I was just like, I told Christina. I was like, I hope Brittany doesn't buy her stuff today because I if completely she completely forgot, if she comes up here and realizes her pencils are gone, she's gonna flip her shit. I was just like, and Chris and uh, Christina was like if she asked where they are I'm just gonna say I don't know and I was like thank you Christina. and that's why I was freaking out at the end of the day because I went up and then like you saw me walk back there with a bag and I was so glad you didn't say anything because I was like like Brenda if you've got to look through it like don't let Brittany like Brittany's not allowed to look through it she was like what and I was like I bought her pencils so like she's not allowed to look through it like you need to check it she was like she was like, "I'm sure it's fine," and I was like,
0: "Okay." <laughs> like I, I thought about buying my stuff because I, for one, I never go check, and so I thought I might have some clothes. But I know I had the two books. I completely forgot about these. So even if I did go buy my shit and these weren't there, I, my fish brain <laughs> wouldn't have known. It would have been fine. <laughs> I would have been like, "I hey, mean, this is it. Just two books. That's all I remember." <laughs> Yeah, but I was just like, I oh, need well, to. well, thank you. You're welcome.
1: It was really for my benefit. I'm so going to color with them, and so
0: <laughs> okay. excited.
1: I need more coloring pencils. When I was running up, at it was like, those are expensive pencils. And I was like, yeah, Prismacolor is like a good brand. <laughs> they are. That's why I was excited when they came in. Child. She does like bags. Oh, I did forget to serve this. I poured it all together and forgot to serve. Oh. I'm gonna beat you with the spoon source. Mine comes with the blue Stir. Giant <laughs> <Okay.
0: laughs> <was a> ass <laughs> like they hit us
1: both in the
0: face. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were gonna let her lick it for a second. I was like, don't do that. No, <laughs> I just threw it down and it started hers so and she
1: ran
0: away. <sighs> Shall we go on to a happier topic? No, well, it's not that happy, <laughs> but it's definitely not as bad as hers. Sorry, guys. Sorry. I'll, t- I'll try to be happier next week if the wheel of fate allows me to be.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Why we'll just get like fucking paranormal again. Or, or true crime tram- again.
0: Or current events. Oh, that would be...
1: I wouldn't even know what to do because I just feel like there's so I don't even shit. want to think about Yeah? <laughs> Let's go on to, to true crime. Okay. So, my case is about the St. Anne's Retreat in Logan Canyon, mm-hmm. Utah. Uh, doesn't
0: Never. ring any bells.
1: So, now if I remember correctly, um, the St. Anne's Retreat was originally either built or bought by the Hitch or Hatch family in the early 1900s. I believe it was 1910. Okay. Um, and then in 1951, it was bought by the Catholic Church. And they turned it into, because it started out as, like, a, like, summer vacation home for the Hitch family and, like, their friends. Yeah. Um, but then in 1951, I think it was actually donated to the Catholic Church, um, which they then turned into a retreat for nuns. Um, hmm. So, now it is a... Do nuns have retreats? It was like a, a haven, I guess. Okay. It, was like, it wasn't like a yeah.
0: I just it was funny wording. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so it is now considered a now abandoned nunnery with cabin. Mm-hmm. It's like in the woods. It's got lodges and cabins in Logan County, Utah, and it has a history of violence and crime, including nuns who became pregnant having to drown their babies in the pool on the property where no one could hear them crying since since nuns weren't allowed to have sex, let alone have babies. Ugh. Yeah. Um, But luckily, that's not what we're talking about today because just the thought of that makes me literally sick to my stomach. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. We're not going to get into that. Oof. So, on October 10th, 1997 my mom's birthday not 1997 um, yeah but that <laughs> okay. was only two years before i was born but october 10th 1997 38 teenagers and like young adults snuck onto the property 38 uh, yeah but it was in like two Dang. different groups okay um teens snuck onto the property grounds for a halloween scare since it was rumored that the place was haunted right you know, naturally Ground babies
0: definitely haunted
1: rumors about it being haunted were started (laughs) so they went up there for a halloween scare so the first group was eight people okay so they snuck underneath the fence through an open like there was an open gate they snuck through that and then behind the open gate was a fence which they snuck under since the feet was eight feet tall and the top is covered in razor wire and barbed wire i know what barbed wire is i'm not really sure what razor wire is but it was covered in both okay i'd imagine just like sharp wire maybe
0: maybe that makes sense um,
1: and then the first eight kids were greeted by three watchmen with shotguns who handcuffed them and then they were hogtied while surrounding the pool so they made them like around the pool. Yeah. And hogtied them. That's scary. These three watchmen were John Lemon Jepsen. Okay. Christopher Lynn Doer, Doerr. D-O-E-R-R. Sure. Dor Yeah. And Arthur Benjamin Piesnall. Okay. One of the victims, Tito, in this first group of eight okay so his name is Tito. there's not a lot about the victims not a lot of their names are said um actually the only reason i know this was because i fucking had to watch ghost adventures again
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> of course literally skipped to the part where they were talking to the victims didn't watch anything else
0: oh my goodness
1: That's so funny. So, yeah, I had to watch Ghost Adventures for my true crime case. That's going to be, like,
0: your curse of this show. Just to
1: get information (laughs) on some of the victims. Because when I tell you... Okay, so we're going to pause the case for a little bit. I started researching my case at 8 p.m. last night. I didn't finish until 12, and my notes were only five pages long. Because all of the information was so scattered, and there was hardly anything... Okay. It was very not detailed, so I had to really dig for any kind of information.
0: I'm sure it's great. I'm sure you did a good job.
1: So, nonetheless, I had to watch Ghost Adventures just to get some information on <laughs> which I, I love. Some that. of the victims. I love that. <laughs> so, like I was saying, one of the victims, Tito, he was face down in the process of being hogtied, and his friend um, told the Watchman, oh, I believe he's being hogtied by. Jepsen, probably, because Mm -hmm. um, he was kind of like the main guy, and the way it went, I believe it probably was Jepsen, because he stopped being hogtied when the next thing happened. Okay. So, the friend said, hey, leave him alone. And then Jepsen then held the gun to the friend's head and fired. (gasps) And Tito was laying face down he could not see what was happening, and all he could think about was that his friend was just killed right. for standing up to Piesmaul and Jepsen and Dilworth. Yeah. Um, but then Jepsen ordered everyone to their feet, um, and including the friend. So when that happened, yes, (laughs) like I said, no murder. Okay. Oh yeah, that's right. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) no murder in this case, just a lot of other stuff. Do we know how old these kids are? They were teenagers, young adults. So like probably 16 to 20, but but no younger than like 16. No. Okay. Yeah. They were all like older high school students and early college students. Is what the information showed me. Like, none of their
0: ages were listed, really. Right, because they are probably minors.
1: Um, so, then Jepson ordered everyone to their feet, including the friend, and took them into one of the lodges while saying, I'll show you what a real scare is. Oh, I hate that. Yeah. He made them all sit on their knees in a semicircle and tied a rope around all of their necks, tying them together. So, like... Oh, like a human centipede. Yeah, like he would literally just take the rope, tie it around their neck, take it to the next person, tie it around their neck, take it to the next person, tie it around their neck, tie them all together, and told them it was a detonating rope. Oh my god. Yeah. Tito said he remembered thinking, we are going to die here. Oh. And there was one girl who was Cambodian, and she was treated particularly harshly because Jetson was a Vietnam veteran and had a problem with her ancestors oh and my God. was, quote, taking her out, oh unquote. He then held a gun to her head before firing it off to the side. <sighs> Jefferson then called the police to detain the trespassers. And that word, like, I just want you to think about the fact that he was calling them trespassers. Yeah, the like,
0: you're kidnapping them basically
1: <laughs> the police are treating them as trespassers they were cited got a fine <gasps> what and no it once I get to the end it's really gonna make you mad
0: Ugh. it's great so
1: Jepsen called the police to detain the trespassers and when they got there the police had quote given them every indication that they had done the right thing end quote okay. Which I am unclear on whether or not that actually happened or if it was Jepson's, like, interpretation. Okay. Um, But the police encouraging a white man in Utah to terrorize a group of kids who seemed to not only be white kids, because one girl was Cambodian, Tito was, I believe, Latino in some way. I'm not really sure, but um, they were not all, they weren't white children, so... yeah. So why? So it wouldn't surprise me. But nonetheless, not sure if it's true because it could just be Jepson because he's a crazy person. Right. Um, And when the kids were being taken away by the police, they, quote, promised they would be back. Okay. Which didn't happen. And also, I mean, you're threatening a group of teenagers who wanted a Halloween scare I'm sure some of them are going to have some sass towards you after what you did to them. Right, like, I mean, you tied them by their necks. Yeah, (laughs) so. Later that night, another 30 kids, who were completely unaware of what happened to the other eight, had no relation to the other eight, at least from what I could tell, they were just a completely different group.
0: How do you have a group of 30? I don't know, maybe they're like
1: a school I don't <laughs> fucking know. <School> trip. <laughs> I don't know. This just this is literally what it said. Like a group of thirty, I it would not clarify fucking anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I
0: like, get that. It's just like <laughs> I don't even think I know thirty people. You know, thirty <laughs> that people. I would want to go anywhere with. Okay, that thing is, yeah.
1: <laughs> so these thirty kids were completely unaware of what happened to the other eight kids. Okay, um, were greeted by the same sight, but then they were marched. To the dream swimming pool, where they were handcuffed by zip ties and bound neck to neck by rope.
0: It's still just three against thirty, though. Yeah, but they. Why wouldn't they just like run? I, 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 don't, don't, I
1: don't. Okay. Know. okay. Maybe because like all three of them had shotguns, and like Guess. I remember one of the kids in. Uh, well, they were adults now in like the Ghost Whisperer episode. It was students fifteen, um, but one of the. The guy, I think his name was Scott Wayne or Wayne Scott. Wayne Scott, I believe, was his name. Wayne Scott. Um, he said he remembered looking at Jepson and just seeing like pure evil, like in his eyes. So maybe they were okay. probably intimidated, scared. They had shotguns. They were yeah. kids.
0: Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Um, and in this group. One boy was hit over the head and knocked completely unconscious, and a girl was molested. Mm. William Jetson fondled her breast and claimed he was checking for weapons, and that's what he told the police, too. And they were like, oh yeah, makes sense. And those kids were then threatened by being told they would be shot or that if they struggle, struggled, the ropes on their neck would be tightened and trigger an explosive that would blow their heads off. <sighs> the police were then called, and the dispatcher, because Jepson called the police again. Yeah, um, same
0: night, right?
1: Yes. And the dispatcher who answered the call was shocked when Jepson described how he had detained the children, um, to which he replied to the... Um, which he... To which he replied to the surprise in the tone of their voice. So when they were like, you what? Like, you have them how? Right. Like, a normal reaction. Yeah. Jepson replied with, hey, this is private property. No, that's not how that works. (sighs) But the county sheriff, Lynn Nelson, justified it. Oh, fuck you, Lynn. (laughs) After interview with Jepson saying, He has a different view on things. He truly thought these kids were a danger
0: to him. Oh, whatever! Right! Okay. I thought yours was less frustrating than mine. (laughs) (laughs) So. But, the three
1: Watchmen were then charged with six felony counts of aggravated assault. Okay, good. With Jepson having an additional charge of aggravated sexual assault. Good. Um, but on the third day, they all pleaded guilty at the third day of the trial. Okay. Not like, and on the third day, I,
0: the, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, we're taking a turn." <laughs>
1: <laughs> but on the third day of the trial, they all pleaded guilty for lesser
0: charges. Of uh, fucking course.
1: Jetson pleaded guilty to two felony counts of.
0: Why is this a thing? I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. Just I like know. in my it, case, it pisses why? me off.
1: Literally, there were so many like frustrating with like guilty pleas and the police being like fucking assholes. Um. So I, I drew a lot of parallels there. Yeah. Um, Jepson pleaded guilty to two felony counts of aggravated assault, which carry a maximum prison sentence of five years and a $5,000 fine on each. But the charge of aggravated sexual assault was dropped. Fuck that. Doer pleaded guilty to two counts of attempted aggravated assault, which is a misdemeanor.
0: So what does that even mean?
1: So Jepson had two counts, up, two felony counts of aggravated
0: assault, then done. Yeah, I know, like, yeah. that's not a thing. You did it or you didn't. <laughs> okay. So each each of those counts
1: carries a sentence of up to a year in prison and God. a $2,500 fine. Piznall also pleaded guilty to two misdemeanor charges of attempted aggravated assault, got the same sentence. Since part of the plea agreement helped those two, since they weren't the mastermind behind the whole thing... Um, they weren't the ones technically threatening the kids. I guess they were just the ones helping yeah. do everything. But just still, like still the, the goons or whatever. Yeah, yeah. but still they yes. obviously had a part in it. Yes, the charges against them were redu- were reduced from aggravated assault to just attempted aggravated assault.
0: Which it's I, I don't agree with that.
1: Yeah, okay. no, I don't. <laughs> um, Doer and Piznall, the two that had the reduced charges, right. looked relieved and smiled and laughed together as Cash County Attorney Scott Wyatt... No, no, Scott... What? Scott Wyatt was in the cake. Whatever. Never mind. <laughs> Scott Wyatt's not the guy who okay. I was talking about earlier. Like I said, a lot of this is from memory. Yeah. But I thought one of the people that they, like, interviewed, like, when his name came up in Ghost Adventures said Scott Wyatt, so I don't know. Just but blame if, Ghost Adventures. Yeah. Ghost Adventures is a <laughs> <laughs> So... Cache County Attorney Scott Wyatt amended the charges against them. Judson expressed little emotion. Wyatt then said that this should resolve the conflict on whether or not the conflict and the controversy on whether or not the kids were to blame.
0: What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Whether or not the kids were to blame.
1: Because a lot of people really thought that what they did was that they had every right to do that. They were in the right, they were were trespassing. Even one of the parents of one of the victims what? said that they were just glad this was over and now their kid will never trespass anywhere again.
0: Oh my god. No, you fight for your kid. Yeah. <sighs> but luckily, all of
1: the charges for the citations and the fines that they got originally were mm-hmm. dropped by the actual owners of the property. Okay. Because they had no idea that Jepson had two other men there with him.
0: Okay, I was going to ask, how were they in the right at all? How was they allowed to be there? So, Jepson was
1: hired as a security guard slash watchman for the property. Okay, but he didn't have authority to... Yeah,
0: no. Okay. They were like... I was wondering that. I was like, wait.
1: (laughs) Yeah, the owners of the property were like, had no idea Jepson had two other men there with him. Good, good. And they never told Jepsen, gave any indication to Jepsen, to use force in a trespassing situation like that. They never told him that was okay. I was gonna ask, like... But apparently the reason those two men were there, if I remember this correctly, it was because one night while he was out, like, when he wasn't on duty, he came back to um, glass being broken and, like, something had been, like thrown through the windows and like there was graffiti everywhere and like the place was trash and Jepson's wife encouraged him to get friends so he wasn't alone there. Okay. So that's why the two men were there. But nonetheless the owners had no idea that those men were there. Yeah, still
0: maybe like run it past your. Like the people who own the place. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. And especially since the property itself like the grounds it is on is public fucking property okay <laughs> <laughs> them walking on the grounds like outside in the woods yeah not illegal at all oh my the God. only way it would be trespassing and illegal was if they went into the lodges because that was what was right. able to be bought and the the cops didn't know this I fucking guess not. I don't know. It pissed me off so bad. I'm like, they weren't doing anything. And like, even like the people who were like, oh, yes, they were in the right for, you know, protecting their property. It wasn't their property to protect. It was public public
0: property. Oh, my God. That's okay.
1: But like, they only went. So if they went into the lodge, but Jepson. Didn't even let that happen because he just attacked them as soon as they walked <laughs> onto the ground and then titled. them. In, and then took them into the lodge. Like. He's the reason they just passed. Like. Oh, even if fuck. they were doing something wrong, like. They're kids! Morbid voice, like. You know, when they're like, cool, dude, still not a good enough reason for murder. Like, cool, dude, still not a good enough reason for attacking and terrorizing a group of teenagers. For filling up a child.
0: Don't do that. <sighs> okay.
1: And then all three of the men were released on previously posted bonds.
0: <sighs> the
1: one of their only stipulations was that they were not allowed to have any
0: contact with the victims or their families. But that was it. No, like, hey, don't have guns anymore, but just don't talk to those kids, you yeah, harassed.
1: And I'm uh, my case! <laughs> that's how it ends. Oh my god. They did not spend any time in jail because it was previously posted Bond. They did not have to spend a day in jail waiting for Bond to be posted. Why is that a thing? Like, what is the point? I don't know, but it pisses me off. Uh, Anyways,
0: yeah, that's my fucking case. Yeah, yours was frustrating in a different way, but also similar. Yeah. Less murder. A lot less murder. i <laughs> do absolutely zero murder. <laughs> Which thankfully, because yours was be a bunch of children. <laughs> yeah. Um, but oh my god, yes, frustrating nonetheless. And I had not heard of that, so it was a good case. Thank you. Good job. <laughs> especially from memory. Was, I mean, it made sense. So well,
1: most of it was written down, but just like the little things here and there, I didn't write down, but I tried to remember it. Except for apparently, fucking whoever Scott Wyatt was. <laughs> But it's fine. It's a mystery. I feel like I skipped a page, though. I thought I had some more notes about one of the other attorneys. Maybe I didn't, or maybe I just read it. But there was like one attorney that was like fighting for those kids. He was good. Like, I was like, not kind of you. Like it
0: didn't matter though. Yeah. No, it sucks. He tried. At least there was that. Any final thoughts? No. I hope we don't get true crime next week. Me either. That was rough. That was very rough. I, I, I researched so much of this, this recently, and then I watched the documentary and the movie back to back. I actually had a nightmare last night about Richard Hanson. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I was being hunted. It was fine. Oh, Brittany. <laughs> So, yeah, it definitely got inside my head. So I definitely need a break. I, I want something really light and fun. I want, like, music or cooking or Yeah, we should, like,
1: I hope we either get, like...
0: Or mystical. I want talk as, about
1: witchy shit. As much as I love psychology and want to cover that so bad... that be heavy also. I, that could get real heavy. So, like, I want to do cooking. Like, what if we plan for that? Like, we go down in your kitchen and, and we we'll just record us baking or something? Yeah.
0: So, uh... Shall we spin that wheel? Yeah, let's do it. And this is for next week, guys. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> are we allowed to do this? Yes! I don't know if we are.
1: I did it already, it's fine now.
0: <laughs> Fuck. At least that's all that was open. <laughs> Okay, so, um, (laughs) to be completely transparent with you... Lie to them! (laughs) Should I? (laughs) No. Um, (laughs) it, it was spinning, and it looked like it was going to land on cooking. No, no lie. But it stopped on true crime again. (laughs) And then Skylar kicked it over to cooking. (laughs) I'm
1: sorry, it's not, like, part of the thing, but, like, we're technically supposed to do whatever we get, blah, 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 you know, it's fine, but I can't do another true crime one two weeks in a row, just because it hurts my soul. Yeah,
0: Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, So, we're doing cooking! (laughs) Yay!
1: (laughs) So, should we, let me make my little... Yes. Yes. Internet wheel and spin for our drink.
0: And um, if you have an issue with what just happened, you can send us an email at Sipandspinpod
1: at gmail So like sip the letter in spin
0: pod at gmail.com. Or you can contact us on Instagram and Twitter at sip spin pod. The letter in there as well. Yes. And so, yeah, let us know if that's okay, (laughs) because we did it anyway. And if you have a personal problem with me
1: (laughs) being the one who did it, you can contact me on Twitter and Instagram at GleamYKS. And if you want to tell Brittany how amazing she is because she didn't do
0: anything wrong, you can contact her at... You can um, on Twitter at WhimsyXDreams. Or on Instagram at Whimsy Dreams or on Twitch and YouTube at Whimsy Dreams. One of them some of them they don't all have the S, you can figure it out yourself. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all of my stuff is the same. <laughs> I tried, but people keep stealing my name that I've had for forever. <laughs> yeah,
1: I might have just gleam YKS on everything so it's Sky Hot
0: But of course all of our stuff will always be linked in the show notes. <laughs> what are we cooking with white, white wine. wine dun 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 uh.
1: I'm so happy <laughs> white wine is my favorite <laughs> fuck with the bitch I changed the topic to something we like and I got my favorite drink <laughs> and I didn't even spit it twice
0: I didn't cheat on that one are you sure yes <laughs> I didn't see that but so yeah, it looks like next week is shaping up to be a Skylar centric week. Yeah. But since she cheated, maybe I'll make us cook something spicy. Because I know she doesn't like spicy food.
1: I'm gonna order homophobic chicken from DoorDash if you do that.
0: <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> but anyways, we thank you so much for listening. And thank you. I don't know (laughs) know what we say. Well, I don't know. You said something next week.
1: I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) We'll spin you next week. I was like, the fuck? (laughs) Hey, guys. We'll spin you next week. I hate you so much. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. Bye.